I'm Jakub Woigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I hope to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we are chatting about data storage. We are chatting about where you can save your data, the biggest challenges of data storage, and how to ensure that you are storing the correct data. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how to start this journey. I'm joined by Phil Bradley from CoCreate. Phil, welcome. Thanks, Yaku. Uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity. I'm looking forward to it. It's, uh, all all of the, the points that you raised now are very apt for today and the uh, and the future going forward uh, with regards to the efficiencies just to save the save the planet, not not alone the, the, the data of it as well. Okay, so before we get into it, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get here? <laughs> so I I, uh, I fell into the IT industry by mistake, uh, doing you know backpacking around Europe in the uh, in the late 90s or well, the early 90s and uh, my dad's in the technology field so I started studying computers, became a screwdriver mechanic looking after printers and from there I got into the world of data um, so first I was designing and building backup solutions and from there I got into the pre-sales around physical storage um, of, of data um, being pre-sales um, business development and that's where I am now Okay. And I mean, uh, so I mean, you've been doing it for quite a while. Um, and, uh, it's only recently that, uh, people started acknowledging that data is the new gold, if you want to call it that. So you did the hard yards. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. The new gold, the new oil, which you look at it. I mean, I've got this little pin on my, my, uh, my uh, writing pad now, which has got more memory than the first computer that I ever had in it. You know, so it's it, it definitely is exciting times. The, uh, the the size of the media, the costs of the way they're coming down. It's uh, and what people are doing with their data now is it's incredible. Okay, so um, and and like I was saying now, when we started the show. Um, you know, I try and pick the topics that that comes out in uh, in in uh, my daily uh, goings around with with businesses, and 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 I think data and storage is is quite a hard topic. So, um, from a little bit of a statistics perspective, um, I read this morning that uh, the data created, captured, and copied glo- globally have reached in 2020 64 zettabytes um, and they say by 2025 it's projected to grow to 180 zettabytes so uh, I thought let me just put that in perspective one zettabyte is equal to a thousand million terabytes so it's just it's just massive mm. um, and everywhere I go st- where to store your data um, you know, it, it seems to be our topic. So where, according to your experience, where can and do businesses save their data? Well, if you look from the uh, semi-professional to professional photographer working from home through to the small business into the enterprises, well, you get anything from external hard drives, external hard drives that are raided. Um, I personally have a, a friend of mine that's a professional photographer, and she's got two four terabyte external hard drives, both of which crashed. So, <laughs> you know, so big problem for her. Um, but the public cloud has now also become available for, for the small businesses as well, public cloud, private cloud as well, businesses like yourself that can give cost-effective storage means to these companies which 
you know, as a photographer, for instance, you, you, you're losing thousands of rands of money. Um, yeah. if you look at the small advertising agencies or you look at a, a company like this as well that has to store its data and it has to be secure. And obviously with the POPIA and the GDPR compliance as well, you have to make sure that your data is secured and the data that you are storing, you're allowed to keep as well. So, um, uh, you know, like, like I said to you, I always like to, to think about, um, our typical customer base that, that we're dealing with, which is small to medium enterprise. And my, um, prevailing experience of that is that, um, they have a, some other file server that sits in the office. And as those hard drives, uh, become full of data, they just keep on adding, adding, adding. Um, so, and then there's probably that, and then there's a mix of, like you said, public cloud, which is not necessarily formalized. It might be something like, um, iCloud or, uh, OneDrive or, so it's, so it's disparated or distributed all over the place. Yeah. Um, it is exactly that. So what the, if you look at the OneDrive, so that is bringing, um, those enterprise class solutions down to the man in the street. Um, but it is a problem where they, where, where companies are just adding additional hard drives and it's just exponentially growing. Um, and there's a cost to that as well, as you, as you well know, you know, electricity is, is not cheap in this country and you might think, oh, well, you know, one or two hard drives is, is, is not going to cost you a lot, but it starts growing and, and the small to medium businesses have to pay a lot for, for that as well. It's just not the hard drives. It's, it's your power. It's your cooling and it's actually managing that data, um, holistically. And it's, it's almost like if we go back to your photographer example now, it's almost like, um, People don't understand what the risk is of having uh, external hard drive type solution like that. It's almost if they if they haven't, uh, how can I say, sat and contemplated the, the value of the data that that resides on those on those drives. Because I mean, uh, physical theft in itself must be a massive risk. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, on top of the on top of the physical uh, theft of of the devices, there's also the um, the drives malfunction and, and they drop as well. So. It's, it's, it's backup, uh, again, which is insurance. No one likes to pay for insurance, but, uh, <laughs> if something goes wrong and, you know, the insurance pays up, you, you're pretty glad that you actually made that, uh, the expense in the first place. 100%. And the same with, 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 uh, with any hard drive as well. The, the insurance is having a second copy of it or a third copy of it in, in some place as well. Okay. All right. So let's talk about, um, this, the storage industry, if we want to call it like that. And, and from this perspective, I almost want to talk about primary storage. How is the, what's happened in the industry over the past couple of years? How has it evolved? Oh, in the last, I would say in the last four or five years, it, it has, it, it has changed massively. Um, the actual, uh, on-prem devices have got smaller, they've got faster, they've got less, less expensive from what they were a number of years ago. Um, looking at the different, <coughs> excuse me, the different drive, drive media as well, that, that's also you, the, the increase in capacity and the, the smaller footprint that they have, uh, is, is huge. Um, storage companies like NetApp that I present uh, are doing a lot with the storage efficiencies. So they bring in deduplication, they're bringing um, compression, compaction. Uh, they're doing data tiering as well, which allows the companies to move any data that they have from an expensive media, uh, media being a, a disk drive, 
to any other type of media that's available, be it on, uh, on, on prem data centers, uh, private, public across AWS, Azure, or uh, the Google Cloud pl- platform as well. Okay. So, uh, um, you mentioned some, some, let's call it technical terms now. Uh, you, you mentioned something like deduplication. What is that? So deduplication is a way of uh, getting your ones and zeros. And if you look at a book and the word the is used a hundred times on a single page, it takes all that down to a single word of the, and then it has reference points to all of the others as well. Okay. So it gives you massive, massive uh, savings on your on your storage in that environment. So, so let's make that real. In a in a business, um, uh, if I take our own business, everybody saves a copy of a copy of a copy to make sure that um, that they don't lose something. Uh, what would that mean from a from a let's call it a file storage perspective? Um, uh, are you saying then that if there's multiple copies of the same thing that there's only one thing that's left uh, that, that you save almost yes absolutely so it'll it'll save one of the original document and then it will track any changes to that specific document keeping the main document only only once so okay. if you so if you imagine a uh, a large business with uh, everybody we used to call them deal idiots where you know someone <laughs> would send out a an email and uh, they copy in the the entire uh, company in it then everyone says reply all, you know, and then everyone replies all again. And uh, so what you're essentially doing now is it might only be 100K, but you repeat that a thousand times and you've got a couple of megs of of uh, useless emails that are that are floating around, never mind the attachments that are, are copied to that. Yes. Okay. So in, in that world, it would take the, the single email. It would take any changes that, to it, but the attachments that are with that email will only ever be saved once. Okay. All right. So you spoke about, so th- that's fascinating to me because I'm, I'm pretty sure human behavior is, is, um, you know, I'd like to make sure I've got more than one copy because just now maybe that Word document or PowerPoint doesn't want to open. So I'm just going to make sure I, I put a little bread, breadcrumbs all over the place. So you mentioned deduplication and, and, um, also compression. Compression. Yeah. So compression gets that, that deduplicated data. Um, and this happens more in the, um, the structured data uh, field, so unstructured data would be your, uh, with your files, it could be your photographs, it could be um, media which are already compressed in, in a certain way, so you can't really do much with, with that. Okay. Um, but if you look at uh, databases like an SAP uh, or an Oracle database, there's a lot of de- uh, duplicated data in there as well, so it deduplicates that data and it compresses it as well to give you more efficiencies of your of the environment. Okay. Uh, for in, a, a live example with this would be in the VMware world where you've got uh, um, virtual desktops it will have one copy of the master desktop and then it can have tens of thousands of other uh, desktops only saving the differences between the two of them okay and i mean that obviously then uh, the smaller the footprint the easier it is to manage the less can go wrong uh, absolutely. Uh, actually, sorry, it's different to that. So, if you have, you can have ten thousand virtual desktops um, with a with a single copy of the of the master one. You can get seventy five, eighty, ninety percent reduction in your in your environment. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, then let's talk about um, the different types of st- of storage that's available. Um, I, I started with the example of. Um, you know, the, the typical server that sits somewhere in the office and, and it's got a hard drive on it and 
it's, we save files to it. What are the different types of storage that's available? Yeah, so you've you got your your internal hard drives, which would sit in your your PC or or your computers. Uh, the, the the new storage storage. Uh, well, sorry, the new uh, servers that go out there. They've got multiple disk arrays that can actually go in, and which run in a, a RAID group, um, and that gives you a protection within that particular server. Then you have your direct attached storage, which is storage which is it's it's accessed only by that server and then you start looking at SAN storage now obviously I'm talking open systems now I'm not talking on the, the mainframe side of it as well now SAN yeah. storage allows the storage um, the the disks within that system to be accessed by multiple um multiple servers and multiple users within an organization and that can be controlled on who can get to what okay within that particular storage system then you have your different types of disk arrays so you start off with your um <clears throat> excuse me your near CES drives which is your the high capacity and uh, uh and uh low um yeah. Low performance drives. Performance, sorry. Yeah. Okay, then then you go to your SAS drives, which are also fairly high on uh, capacity, um, but they give you medium performance. Then you go to your uh, your SSD drives, which are your solid state drives, and eventually your NVMe drives. Now these are expensive uh, as they stand right now. The price is is dropping probably about thirty to forty percent every every year. But okay. you're looking at a, a sixteen terabyte NVMe drive, you can buy a, you could probably buy a house in the suburbs for the, the cost of oh. of something you can put in your pocket. Okay. You know, but but the the way in which those drives work, they handle data differently. Um, so for the large enterprises, that that spend is is worth it in the in the end because you're now cutting down on your electricity costs, your power, you know, cooling, okay. um, and the access to that data is immediate. It's so quicker, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So what that allows you to do is to um, interrogate that data a lot faster and get the results that you're looking for. A lot quicker from those particular drives. Okay, and um, uh, so that's that to me is a massive point that you raised there because um, you know I think th- sometimes the problem in our in our industry is we've got these generic terms almost like storage and and we think you know uh, a hard drive is the same as a DAS or a NAS or a SAN or a, or whatever. But like you like you say, we've got to understand that um, there's a there's a price versus Performance uh, payoff that you that you have to um, understand, and um, maybe maybe you might uh, save a bit on hardware, but in terms of your your uh, accessibility or star productivity, there there can be a, an implication to that. Yeah, absolutely, and it, and it goes down to everybody within your organization. Uh, so if you look at the database administrators, you look at the guys that actually manage and look after the infrastructure. The less that they have to do in that particular infrastructure gives them the ability to um, to do more of what their job actually is, to start innovating, to start doing things quicker, and, and take your company to that next level. Well, if you believe that data is your new oil or gold, um, then uh, best, best you look after it carefully. Um, Phil, if, uh, when you talk about those um, those different types of drives, um, the, uh, other than speed, is a, uh, what's the reliability um, factor Factor there. Does a SAS drive tend to be more uh, reliable than a? Well, yeah. So one of the things that I found over the years is that drives are more reliable when they don't get switched off, um, okay. and, and that's your mechanical, your spinning drive. So. Um, 
for the layman, if you imagine a, a bunch of CDs or uh, you, I'm sure you remember the, the old record, <laughs> uh, a bunch of old records that are stacked on top of each other and they've got a stylus that actually goes through and reads that data. So, so you've actually got a mechanical device that is spinning all the time with moving parts in it. The drives have become a lot more robots now where they're they're going solid state so they're actually using um, microchips uh, to to store that memory Um, and it makes them faster and it makes them a lot more reliable as well okay fantastic so um, in your experience what are the biggest challenges that that business face on a daily on a daily basis in terms of storage of the data it, it's just the, the the massive growth of it. They they cannot get a grip on on how fast their data is growing, um, and and what that data is. That that is the the massive issue. Uh, obviously now with Popia around the corner, and South Africa is also um, we're under the uh, GDPR rules as well. Yeah. Um, you, you your your business can be in trouble if you're storing the wrong data. So, yes. you know, so okay. people are starting to look at that now, and there's a number of products that are out there in the market at the moment that touch on um, looking at what kind of data you've got. You know, is that data mine? Is it accessible to anybody else? Is it accessible to someone that it shouldn't be? Um, and and how long do I have to keep that data for as well? Ah. So that, that's the big thing. So looking at the age of the data and, okay, so that the data falls into a certain category. After four years, I can actually delete it. But you've got to know where it is. And again, you don't know what you don't know. You know. Exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I mean, that that actually almost leads into my next question is, uh, uh, is how does a business know that it's uh, storing the correct data? Okay. So I'm going to loop back around to your uh, your discussion around Zettabyte. Yeah. So um, Matt Watts is the technical evangelist for, for NetApp. Um, and he recently wrote an article about uh, the exponential growth of uh, of data. And by 2030, he's saying that data is going to grow by one yottabyte uh, per annum. Now, a yottabyte is uh, it's a thousand zettabytes. Yikes! Um, so, if you take a 4K movie, an average two-hour 4K movie, um, you're looking at about 100 gigs. So, a yottabyte is 228 years. It's, sorry, 228 million years of watching that movie uh, in repeat. Crazy, you know. So, to if you, you you put your head around that and you think about the, you know the, the, that amount of data, what they've realised now as well is to manage that data in uh, data centres and infrastructures as well. The IT industry will be spending, in today's terms, um, they'll, they'll be creating more CO two emissions than what the airline industries are, are producing in a, in a year. Wow. So it, that's just power and cooling and stuff. Power and cooling and the actual manufacture of 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 that that oh, space. Okay, yeah, and that's scary t- statistics. And it's it's nine years away, eight years away. So you know, it it gives it gives uh, countries, it, it gives organisations a, a chance to actually start looking at this now. You know, um, history has shown shown us that people have been warned about things um, and they've done nothing about it. Yeah. Okay. And. Until I read this article by by Matt Watts, I never realised that you know bits and bytes could be so damaging. It's fascinating, yeah, because yeah. we almost think it's just uh, yeah, it's this virtual thing that just exists, but there's physical stuff that makes it happen. Exactly, yes. Um, I'm my mind's almost a bit blown by what yeah. you said now. So if I'm if I'm in a in a business. Um, I, my favorite example on the show is uh, I've, I'm running an accounting firm with 
branches in Joburg, Durban and Cape Town and let's say we're about 50 people throughout the organization. Um, how do I put together, let's call it a, a storage strategy if I want to call it that? Um, uh, do I just save everything on the, on the hard drives that sits within my server? Uh, cause you mentioned now I've now got to think about, I've got to save, uh, data for five or seven years, whatever, whatever regulatory requirements there are. Do I save that in the same, uh, expensive storage that you spoke about that I'm accessing on a daily basis or how do I, how do I, strategize around that so again it, it boils down to first of all you know it's having a chat to you to um, guys that are in the industry that, that have been doing this for a while um, okay. and understanding exactly what data that you have and where should that data reside so that's where uh, storage or data tiering comes into it okay so they talk about hot and cold data so your hot data would you you would keep that on your uh, your fast um uh, spinning, oh, sorry, your, your fast SSD drives, and as that data gets colder, you then move it down to your Neoline SAS on prem, and then you can even put that through to, say, for instance, on AWS, they, they've got a product called uh, Glacier, and Glacier comes in at less than 10 South African cents per gig, um, and, and that's for your long, long archiving. And obviously, AWS in their environment, they've got all the steps in place to offer the five nines of, of availability for that data, so you don't have to worry about it. Okay. What you do have to worry about is um, is your the geolocation of that data because of the oh. uh, of the, the the laws that are available. Fortunately, in South Africa, we have uh, we've got Microsoft Azure up here in Johannesburg, and we've got uh, the two data centers down in Cape Town for for AWS, and there will be more popping up. Okay, um, so then uh, let's make it practical now. Um, I need to I need to do something. You say that there's tools available that uh, one can understand what type of data I have and the steering story that you're speaking about. Uh, I'm the MD of this uh, accounting firm. I understand uh, numbers, but not ones and zeros. Maybe uh, where do I start? So I would start with uh, having a look at, at, at your infrastructure, doing a deep dive into uh, what data you actually have. Again, I bring up NetApp. NetApp have got a product which they call uh, DataSense. Yeah. And DataSense actually looks at your, your data. It, it sees how old that data is, when it was last accessed. Uh, it gives you an indication of if whether it is popular or GDPR cl- uh, compliant. The software actually comes out with pre-configured things for the South African Popular Act um, to look into it as well. Now, if, uh, for instance, with the DataSense, the, there's a one terabyte um, license that you can do as a, as a trial. You know, just get that spun up. Um, have a look at, at, at some of the data It'll start bringing some of the uglies to the surface of, of where you are. And it is, it's a journey. Um, it's, it's not a quick exercise. It's probably six to 12 months, um, in a, in a medium to large business. Enterprises are taking years to actually get to, to the point where they understand what kind of data they have and, and what impact it will have on their business if they lose it or if they, uh, keep it, um, you know, unlawfully. Okay. I think for me, um, the takeaway from this is that, uh, when it comes to something like this, it's definitely worthwhile speaking to experts. It's not your typical IT guy type, uh, project to, to run with. And, um, and it's, uh, and it's a, a very, very pertinent time to understand what the data is that you have and how that's going to grow and how to manage it. Otherwise, it's just going to run away like a wildfire. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, there's a lot of vendors that are out there at the moment that, um, 
they pretty much all offer the same thing, uh, but it's the way they de- deliver that, uh, that, that solution to you. Um, th- that's the main point as well. So a lot of companies make the mistake where they, they, they're looking at a solution and they, they see rands and cents immediately, but they're not looking at the long term on, on how uh, it will affect their business and how they can start um, you know, getting the efficiencies out of their data and make their data work for them. Hundred percent. I mean, it's it's just a, di- a different form of currency. Uh, for me, if you're a, any type of business and you wake up and all of the money is gone out of your bank account, you're in deep trouble. And data is just a different form of that. Oh, absolutely. And that, and that actually can, you know, a, a very simple uh, commercial term for for uh, data is if you take a shopping center that is using video surveillance uh, with artificial intelligence, which is creating data all the time, it can monitor where your uh, where your your foot traffic is going, and you can start moving products around in your store to get more visibility from uh, from the result. That that is one of the basic uh, areas where. IT can help you, but you, you've got to know what you're doing with that data. Okay, fantastic. Paul, thank you very much. That was a, a great conversation. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember, you can listen to all the episodes on the Cliff Central app or the website, and for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. Um, if you're looking for help with your communications needs in your business, please make sure to visit catalytic.co.za.